Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Exurga Deus Discipentur in et let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. Nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangeli, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias, diaboli esto praesidium. Imperatili Deus, supplicas de precamur, duque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos, que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum letrude. Amen. Coriesu sacratissimum miserere nobis, Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis, Sancti Iosif, ora pro nobis. Sancta Michael Arcangela, ora pro nobis. Beatus Carolus Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facium tuum et salvi edimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <clears throat> I can't help but think that the Great Reset is a very perfect way to get the scales of justice to finally rebalance out. Hear me out. The Great Reset declares you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. You'll eat the bugs and the synthetic meats and you'll live in the pod and you'll work and you'll buy the things that we tell you to work, etc., etc., etc. How is that a perfect rebalancing of the scales of justice? Well, when you contemplate from the perspective that I'm about to show, it actually becomes quite easy to see. I have said in previous podcasts that the United States is an empire, that all of the nations that follow the United States, so NATO, the European Union, um, you know, our allies in the Pacific, etc., All of these nations have become, in some way, shape, or form, vassal states. And in most cases, even nations that aren't particularly our allies, or even really on the right side of uh, 
the right side of their own people. Places that you would, you know, places that you would say are suffering under dictatorships or chaos. All of these nations are vassal states. <clears throat> so, for example, China owns the means of production for a lot of things. And we were content to allow that to be the case because Chinese slave labor would provide us with these cheap little things. And they used to be cheap, unimportant, you know, sort of tchotchkes, uh, to, use a to use a word that uh, picked up, you know, from my few times dipping in and out of New York City. To pick up these knickknacks, these things that are not particularly important. And they used our pension to pick up things that were not particularly important to slowly pick up the production of things that were ever increasingly important. And still, mind you, manufactured by slave labor. African slaves, literally African slaves in Africa, picking cotton so that they can send it to China so that that cotton could be turned into textiles by Chinese slaves who would then send the textiles to someplace like Guatemala or Honduras or India, where they would then be turned into clothing by Guatemalan or Indian or whatever, or whatever other. And I'm going to say slaves, even though technically, well, they were getting a paycheck, but I mean, let's be real, a dollar a day, 75 cents a day, sometimes child labor, sometimes, you know, inhumane work conditions in the whole nine yards, things that we had managed to push out of our country more than a century ago or be, I should say began pushing out of our country more than a century ago. Those work conditions are now actually the common work conditions for most of even the developed world. I mean, not the most developed world, the most developed world, the first world countries, those are the ones who have the pick of the litter. You know, you can work your nice little job, you sit in your cubicle, you live your comfortable life, you get home, you turn on the boob tube, and in this case, I'm going to say boob tube because in generations past, of course, it was the television. But today it might be YouTube or Hulu or Netflix or whatever. And you veg out on some vapid, morally corrupt entertainment that you, I mean, you kind of understood that it was vapid. But the moral corruption part has long since gone the way of the dodo because, let's be real, we've had more than enough largesse over the last century to be able to say, well, you know, we can, we can indulge ourselves in these adult things. All the while, not really thinking about, not particularly caring about the hardship, the suffering, the starvation, the famine, the chaos, the tyranny that all of these other peoples actually lived under, just so long as you know you got your inexpensive, low-profile, organic LED TV with your 4K, 8K, UHD, whatever freaking resolution so that you can watch your amazing movies in your, in your fantastically large house in, you know, with your, with your living, where, where your living room is basically b essentially turned into an entire entertainment studio in these days, even, even including mood lights that match the color that comes off of the main colors off of the television screen. You sit around, you play your video games, you drink your booze, you you eat your food, you get yourself fat and happy, or maybe you go to the gym because we've developed so much that we've gotten away from actual manual labor, and so we now have to find ways to impose manual labor on ourselves so that we can feel good about ourselves. 
and ignore the fact that we're fat, happy, porn-addled... <sighs> utterly decayed human beings. And here we are now in 2022, and most everybody is beginning to, beginning to pay attention to this thing called the Great Reset that threatens to take it all away. And I should say more than threatens, because we've seen gas prices go from $1.50 a gallon to 4 or $5 a gallon in the last year. We've seen our food prices go up 5, 10, 15, and now maybe 20, 25%, depending on the food product that you're going to buy, trying to buy. As I understand it, McDonald's has even eliminated their dollar menu because nothing costs a dollar anymore. To get what used to be called laughing or lovingly the $6 burger that you could get for like $3.99, now... They can't even call it the $6 burger because it cost $8. And still, we carry on. We carry on as though nothing's going on. We feel outrage about the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. And we feel outrage when people don't get the jab or wear the mask or whatever, whatever the current thing is. Or even maybe you're outraged by the current thing and you never stop to think that maybe, just maybe, the shenanigans that we've played over the last 50 years is finally coming home to roost. We're ta busy talking about transgenderism and we're talking about girls and boys and how they don't seem to exist anymore. And we've recently appointed the, a Supreme Court justice who, while being a woman herself, for some strange reason, could not provide an adequate definition for the word woman, which I find dreadfully ironic in the worst possible way. Terrifyingly ironic. Because a woman who cannot define what she herself is, and I say cannot, not because she doesn't know what a woman is. We all know the difference between boys and girls. All of us. It's half of the bone of contention with the transgendered people anyway. They're angry because they don't feel comfortable in their own bodies, as though for some reason in a world of sin and lasciviousness and rampant concupiscence that we're supposed to feel comfortable. And that's really the rub is that people who are so accustomed to feeling comfortable, when they feel that foreboding, that deep, that deep inner turmoil that they just can't seem to get around, they find new ways to just sort of inoculate it. And despite the fact that it is proven that people who make the transition are just as likely to end their own lives as those who do not, if not more so, despite that, we seem to promote it on and on and on. The moral corruption in our nation and even around the world has gotten so out of hand that every single nation in the West has some sort of talk about whether or not there's going to be the start of a civil war in their country. Which is weird because we're talking about civil war in all of these countries of fat and happy people. 
while the nation while simultaneously ignoring nations that are still going through civil wars. And I say civil wars, despite the fact that Yemen doesn't exactly share borders with Saudi Arabia, but let's be blunt for just a moment. Everyone on the Arabian Peninsula, and I say everyone, meaning in general, in general, everyone on the Arabian Peninsula, well, they call it the Arabian Peninsula for a reason. It's because they are all Arabs. They're all Arabs, and in some way, shape, or form, they're, you know, to some degree or other, still connected to the, quote, Saud family. Hence why it's called Saudi Arabia and the Kingdom of Saud. It's still a family matter. It's an internal dispute. It's cousins fighting. Still. And we ignore all of the things that are going on around the rest of the world because we can because it's convenient. Because the same people who have become so demon-ridden that they can no longer tell the difference between a man and a, or a woman now are trying to tell you that you will own nothing and you'll be happy. Because they're done. They've begun to realize that they're running out of other nations to enslave. And so, now it's time to turn the tide and enslave their own peoples. And this is happening in France, in Spain, in Portugal, in Germany, in the United States, in the, uni in the entirety of the United Kingdom. And there are a lot of people who are getting a little bit miffed about it. And you could say that they're perturbed. They're maybe feeling just a little bit vexed. But they really... They really, really have no right. They have no right to feel vexed. All of these things, everything that's happening, the Great Reset itself, the, the idea that they can pump us up full of artificial everything. You, don't, you no longer can depend on your natural immune system. We need an artificial immune system. You no longer can depend on natural meat. You need artificial meat. You, don't no, you no longer can... can depend on natural fruits and vegetables. We must have artificial fruits and vegetables. And they've done it piece after piece after piece across our entire... What's the word I'm looking for? The entire human ecosystem. Trees are now no longer good enough to clean up the air. We need carbon capture. We couldn't possibly create fuel from the long dead, hence the word fossil fuels. We couldn't possibly do that, and so we need to gather it from the sun or from the wind or some other equally unreliable source. And oh, hey, by the way, despite the fact that, you know, well, no. Despite the fact that fossil fuels are basically magic, that petrol products are pretty much in everything. We've decided that we can no longer depend on them, and instead we're going to go to lithium mining, which is so extensively deleterious to the environment. I would like you to take some time. If you can find 
a lithium mine on Google Maps or Planet.com. And I would like you to zoom in enough, you know, so where you can have like an overhead view of about three to five miles. And then compare that with the surrounding area once you get about six or seven miles away from that lithium mine. And you tell me, what land looks healthier? And oh, hey, by the way, let's not forget that we actually still end up using a little bit of fossil fuels because it is because the LiPo battery that everybody's like, oh, goodness, look at this. We've got this amazing new technology. It is LiPo, lithium polymer. Now, I know that I know that while Katanji Brown Jackson is not a biologist and you yourself may not be a chemist, polymer is another word for plastics, which are petrol products. If you eventually bring an end to all fossil fuels, then you will eventually even bring an end to the LiPo battery. The LiPo battery, which is mined in one country, shipped to another country to be alloyed, shipped to a third country to be con combined <clears throat> combined into the actual, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Aggregated substrate that makes up lithium and lithium LiPo batteries, lithium polymer batteries, to then be sent around the world to be installed in whatever handy-dandy device that's going to use that LiPo battery and then be sent around the world again to actually arrive at its destination, which is into the store, shop, or warehouse that you buy it from. And it doesn't matter if it's the Tesla, and it doesn't matter if it's a cell phone, and it doesn't matter if it's a spare battery pack. It actually doesn't even matter if it's, and this is probably the thing I find most laughable, it doesn't even matter if it's those quote-unquote solar generators, which themselves, just in the solar panels themselves and all of the electrical stuff, you're talking about an immense amount of materials that go into developing, in, into building these handy-dandy little compact or sometimes not so compact devices. Even the Tesla wall or whatever. circumnavigating the globe time and time again, mined by slave labor, in some cases. At least part of it. Partaking of those dreaded fossil fuels. Shipped around the world using what? Well, I can assure you they don't have any supercargo carriers that are powered by solar power. They don't have it. In fact, they're not solar powered and they're not wind powered. Remember that wind powered ships was something of more than a hundred years ago. I mean, it's an old enough technology. I'm sure we can use it again. However, comma, pause for dramatic effect. Certainly doesn't seem like an advance in technology.
shipped around the world again and again and again using what? Fossil fuels. Why? Because for some strange reason, we just don't think about having nuclear-powered cargo ships. We could easily do it. It would be far less expensive. In fact, actually, a nuclear-powered cargo ship would be very, very efficient indeed. You could even say it would be self-contained for the most part. Are you beginning to see the foolishness? Varying degrees of slave labor involved at every step of the way, so we, the first world, could have our doodads, our knickknacks, our widgets, and our gadgets. China is still a vassal state. In fact, China is not just serf to Xi Jinping. If you build the stuff for other people to buy, to, uh, for other people to use, yes, you get compensated for it, you get a paycheck. But you're the serf. So we issued sanctions on Russia because of their heinous invasion of Ukraine. Thereby giving them an opportunity to uncouple themselves from the surf system. And they decided they would do exactly that. Those sanctions would later would backfire. Why? Because the Russian bank said, you know what, we're not going to bother really, like we're going to print our own money. But we're going to do something that's going to be like rock the whole world. We're actually going to anchor, we're going to peg the ruble to the oro, to the gold. A brilliant, brilliant move. What does that mean? That means rubles are more real than dollars, and dollars weren't particularly real. It's been Monopoly money, and we've all joked about it. Do you understand that I've been listening to Monopoly money jokes about the U.S. dollar since as far back as the turn of the century? It's just now that we begin to realize that our dollar actually is Monopoly money, and they've decided that rather... Rather than actually do something to make that little piece of paper worth more, what they did was they went and raided the game stores and got more Monopoly boards so that they could take the cash out of the Monopoly boards. So you had more cash. So you could be more wealthy. So you could do the things that you need to be able to do. And now, every time I hear about central bank digital currencies, you know what goes through my mind? It's Star Wars. More specifically, The Phantom Menace. Where Liam Neeson's character, Qui-Gon Jinn, is discussing with the flying blue creature, Watto, Negotiating, trying to negotiate a price to be able so that they can get what they need to be able to fix their ship and get the heck out of Dodge. And I know this is a long intro, but for those of you who may have actually taken time out to ignore these movies, or maybe, you know, maybe you were too young when they came out or whatever, you haven't actually watched them, that's cool too. Doesn't matter. 
Because you could be my age and absolutely have hated them back then and kind of build up a little bit of nostalgia. Thank you, Disney, for messing up the Star Wars universe. <clears throat> but, I mean, you mess up your own... I mean, for crying out loud, you messed up your own world. You're messing up Disney World and Disneyland. You're messing up everything. You're messing up Marvel. We knew that was eventually going to happen. And you're generally, and you've generally come out recently saying you're messing up our kids too. So hey, thank you for that. Now we actually have no reason to continue to follow all of your crap. But I digress. Liam Neeson's character, Qui-Gon Jinn, is discussing with Watto. And they say, we've got this, and we've got 17,000 Republic Doctari. And he says, Republic Credits? I'm not taking Republic credits. I need something more real. And that's what I think of every time I hear central bank digital currency. When we talk about doing, and this is actually the principal reason why I got into, why I got into cryptocurrencies briefly, but didn't really dig that deep into them. I got into cryptocurrencies briefly because at the same time, I still also knew that credits will not do fine. That digital money, literally Aether, will not be even as substantial as the monopoly paper money that we're currently using when we deign to use the monopoly paper money. Ultimately, if you want to be able to transact to do commerce, you're going to have to have something more real. Because we'll play with the funny money for a while, but eventually somebody's going to break the rules and it's going to make everybody not trust that they can do the right thing. And I can tell you that now that we've learned our lesson to never go the full Brandon, thank you, Robert Downey Jr., for that amazing line that can be adapted for our time. <clears throat> now we know we can never go the full Brandon. If you go the full Brandon, you're going to find you have nothing. In fact, all of us eventually will find that just before our moment in the general judgment, when everything really goes south for those who never looked to the east, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We will be milling about, despondent, trying to get the attention of the people that we thought maybe could be our friends. Walking around our ballroom in our own house, being ignored by everybody, until finally, God looks at us, and we'd like to go back to being ignored. We had an entire, what, two generations, three generations? It actually started with the baby boomers. The baby boomers were the first generation that were absolutely coddled. And they weren't fully coddled. They did further coddling later with Generation X and some of them and some of them as late as the millennials. But the fact is, is that the boomer generation was the first truly coddled generation. And we coddled and coddled and coddled, and now we have the Zoomers who realize that the coddling thing just doesn't work. Oh, wait. I say the Zoomers realize it. I do have to confess that I have family members who are doing the coddling thing today who, rather than just given the whooping that's necessary, would prefer to comfortably transition their children away from the things that are quite so bad. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story, and I'm going to leave out some of the some of the details for privacy's sake. But I'm kind of a fan of taking one moment with an ornery child and putting in them the everlasting fear of God. In a metaphorical stance. Because obviously... The adult is not God, but if you can manage to shake it loose, shake loose the idea for the child that they can behave any which way they want, and mind you, this has to be done young, ideally between, I'd say, 9 and 18 months. Because they won't remember precisely they won't remember anything by the time they're older. But it will have been imprinted on them almost to a genetic level that you can only go so far. And we're not talking about the, meter, the measured, oh, little slap on the hand, this, that. No, I mean the everlasting fear of God. 
Because on the one occasion that I had to do precisely that, I no longer had to deal with the toddler idiosyncrasies that kind of make you glad that the Incredible Hulk isn't a thing when they're two. Imagine being the only person in the house who can put a baby on time out. Where you just say, go sit down. The only person in the house who understood that it does in fact take a firm hand early on because if you just let it go and just let it go, you will never get it back. It must be imprinted early. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That is the thing that needs to be remembered. And you can start your child off on a path of wisdom. very early, like before they're actually talking. And it's necessary. It is necessary. I'm not saying beat your kids. In point of fact, I didn't raise a hand. But I was as scary as humanly possible. And I never had to deal with another problem like that again. And more than that, <laughs> highlight of my day was coming home and having the little one run to the front door to greet me and drop what he was doing with everyone else in the house and run to the front door to greet me so I could pick him up and carry him around the house. And we spark and we spend a little bit of quality time together. You know, before everything finally settles in. <clears throat> Discipline the wise rebuke a wise man and they will love you. But you have to create the wise man. And it starts with the fear of the Lord. Again, not violence. Nothing dangerous. No real pain, either. Emotional pain, to be sure. But no real pain. And typically just once. Just once. That's it. In a year, it was only once. I was one of the few people who didn't actually use any of the methods of corporal punishment in the army that I had available to me in 16 years.
very few times did I have to do anything more than speak. To give the verbal ad admonition. I think five or six times in 16 years, I wrote somebody up. And I think that was actually the hellfire and brimstone because when I write, I'm extremely precise. Without respect, what is it? Without respect for persons, precision, truth. Painful, very honestly, most of the time. If I would have neglected that, I would have destroyed lives, I would have destroyed careers. And we are a nation, we are a peoples, and I'm talking about humanity as a whole, that has wantonly neglected that for decades. There is no point where the people who have managed to occupy, who, who have managed to gain for themselves and currently occupy the positions of power around the world, there is no point where a responsible, reasonable people, God-fearing people, lets these people be in charge. And if you're willing to abandon your responsibility so much that these filth hold the reins in nearly every nation around the world, pretty much without exception. These filth have managed to maneuver themselves into the positions of power without guns. But they'll certainly use the guns to keep it. And we could have stopped them. Oh, you thought Louis XVI was bad. can't go back to the time of the kings. That's just tyranny. Shut up. You're not a serious person. The worst king in history is currently better than the best elected politician on earth. But they're democratically elected. Dear family, we're going in. This is Holy Week. I'm recording this going into Holy Week. But you will hear this at the beginning of Holy Week. This podcast will this podcast episode marks the beginning of Holy Week. Dear family, this Friday we will see what democracy looks like. This Friday, you will see the will of the people. And to assume that it's going to happen differently when we did it to our God. Insanity is not doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That is not insane. 
It is, well, I should say, it is not necessarily insane. It is insane if it is doing something unclean over and over again, expecting, like, it's, it, it would be insane to wash yourself in feces and expect to come out clean, smelling like roses, okay? That would actually literally be insane. It is utter foolishness, nonsense, stupidity, retardation, regression, dumbassery to the highest level. To do the exact same thing over and over again, and when it goes wrong, well, we'll just do it harder. After this, you know, the first time you go, oh, okay, well, I'm, yeah, that didn't quite go so well. The second time, you, we need to do it harder. Ah, the second time usually goes a little worse. The third time, the answer is always, well, we need to go harder, and it ends up worse. Dear family, we've been doing it harder for 250 years. I don't know that we can actually scale it up. You're not dialing democracy up to 11 at this point and expecting anything except total annihilation. And the worst part about it is, is that you'll have plenty of time because it's a slow burn. It's starvation. It's a collapsing economy. It's rampant illness. It's crime and anarchy in the streets. It's a slow burn, a slow destruction, the auto-demolition of human society writ large. And it is utter foolishness to expect otherwise. We gave our God a serving of democracy 2,000 years ago. And we're expecting to fill up our plate with democracy. Uh, have a huge democracy cake. In, in grand mockery of Marie Antoinette. A huge democracy cake. And we're going to expect it to go somehow differently. As though... As though... As though the mob which we so worship is going to do to us differently than to our Lord. <sighs> Laughable. Absolutely laughable. Democracy killed our Lord. Why would it go differently for us? Why would it go differently for the Democrats themselves? And I don't mean Democrats as the political party. Although I do also mean them, eventually. Why would we expect it to go differently? We enslaved the planet. And now we're making a move to enslave ourselves. Those at the upper echelons are enslaved to whatever wicked passions they have just pretty much up their sleeves. And it might be pedophilia. In fact, they may take it all the way down to the level of infants, 
wouldn't surprise me. Dear family, you have to understand that we've reached a point where the only other moray, the only moray that we haven't broken in Western society is cannibalism. We've sort of sanitized it after a manner, you know, with injections and treatments and things of that nature. But we're going to, I mean, we're, you've already heard the story on vampirism. I've already gone through that one. There's only one step further. It's, we take vampirism to the next step where it's no longer just a medical treatment. In fact, I would imagine at some point it's going to become a widespread fetish to be cannibalistic. And I, th- and I assume it's going to be widespread, a widespread fetish because in case you hadn't heard, I don't know the actor's re- or the artist's real name, Machine Gun Kelly. And I don't remember who he married. I don't really care. Like, I don't really follow pop culture that much. What stood out to me was that in their wedding, they took it a step beyond Oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm blanking on her name. Ah. They took it a step beyond Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie, who, while they were together, wore ampules of each other's blood around their necks. They took it a step further, and they actually drank each other's blood. Oh, it was all the big to-do. They wanted a big, flashy this, that, and the third, and whatever. And, I mean, to be sure, they got big and flashy. But we're reaching that point. That thing that was just some weird fetish with a Hollywood couple. You think that's not eventually going to carry forward into the greater society? A society where most of the elites are already pedophiles? Where many of the elites are already consuming babies through medical processes? Medical processes, not biological processes. And I apologize. (laughs) I kind of apologize. Let me back up. I apologize for the graphicness. But I want you to remember that this podcast, when I can remember to schedule it properly, drops at midnight. Now, you can listen to the podcast at any point in time. But this is a midnight podcast. It is midnight pirate radio. So while I will often talk about topics that are generally okay to be listened to by your children, the fact is, if this can be called an apostolate, if it can be called an apostolate, I don't call it an apostolate, but if you were to call it an apostolate, it is an apostolate for adults. It is an apostolate to remind adults to be adults, to be the big boys in the room, to put on the big boy pants and make the hard choices and do the hard thing. Not because it, well, not only because, or not merely because it makes you a virtuous person and you could declare yourself a, you know, stoic, but specifically because... It makes you Catholic. 
a follower of our Lord. The very same one that democracy commits to die on the cross this Friday. I should really have done that in like a in like a showstopper tone. So like, Friday, 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 this Friday, the crucifixion and death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Don't miss it. Although, let's be real. It's not nearly as good as Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The resurrection of the Lord and Savior of the world, King of the universe, Jesus Christ. Because he really should get that level of fanfare. I mean, let's be real. In fact, actually, that level of fanfare, still kind of weak sauce. It's definitely weak sauce when you think about it. He's got angelic choirs. He's got music. He can part the heavens, melt the hills like wax, level out the valleys, and boil, burn, or freeze the ocean at a thought. Kind of a big deal. This Friday, this Friday, democracy is in action. Glory to God in the highest that this Sunday, monarchy reigns. Christus vincit, Christus regnat, Christus imperat. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.